Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. You're the last line of defense against a world where people just put toilet paper rolls on sinks willy-nilly. Because we have been celebrating graduates across central Iowa, our friend KJ called us. I gotta tell you about this graduation. Okay. So there's two graduates. One really cared about going to school and learning and graduating, perhaps with honors. The other one just went to be social, didn't really care. Maybe a C was good enough. There was a class of five. It was puppy school. We graduated on Sunday. I'll let you guess which one of us cared about class and which one wanted to be social. Now, in my world... Things happened a little differently than they would have at the nap center or any other place that you turned a tassel. First, there was no tassels, no cake, and my graduate got so excited at the end of class, it was embarrassing that the trainer had to go get the scooper and clean it up. I can just imagine. Well, you've got your diploma now. We can't take it away. Man. Why haven't you put her on our graduate prayer wall? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I should. I yeah. don't know that there's enough prayers. Tell us her name again. Keiko. I realize that it's a matter of perspective, but I would say that it is a mom perspective, mm. maybe a woman perspective. <laughs> I don't know. But this morning, while I was putting on my makeup, ruminating about my day, I realized... I am the only person in my home that seems to know how to put a fresh roll of toilet paper on the toilet paper holder. Oh. And I realized that can't be true because I live with two very intelligent adult children. Mm -hmm. So I know they know how to. It's just not important to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're it's saying. It's just not important to them. So I'm always the one that walks into the two bathrooms, and I always am the one that finds toilet paper on the sink, on mm-hmm. top of the trash can, on the back of the toilet, yeah. and I'm always the one that puts it on the holder. And I will do it no matter what stage of of size. Like there's two, ro- <laughs> two squares left, and you're like, nope, going on the- it's a- Principle. Do you okay. do you do it like first sight of this thing, not on the not on the roll? Do you yeah, put it right on there? I put it on there. You I, don't like wait like three or four times? No. Five times? No, six times? No. Oh, I definitely don't do it that way no, either. No, I mean if I if there is an empty roll on the wall, I will fill it with the one that somebody has left somewhere else. No matter what, I mean, I always do it. It is it because to me, it's like that last step before the world descends into chaos. Mm. These are little things that we can do. You're, you're the last line of defense against <laughs> I am! a world where people just put toilet paper rolls on sinks willy-nilly. There are things inconsequential to other people, maybe, but they're important to you in your home, in your car, in your work. Do you have one of those things where it's really important to you, but not to anybody else? It's a thing my mother really cares about that I care about it the opposite way, and I've yet to tell her it's me. <laughs> oh, 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 this sounds good. What's going on? She has a specific, like, wash rag she uses when she does dishes, and she always lays it over the middle partition of the sink mm-hmm. to let it dry when she's done. I have a habit of knocking it into the office of the sink when I'm doing something because I don't want to get 
stuff on it when I'm cleaning dog bowls and such, and I never put it back. Oh. So I will hear her in the kitchen mumbling to herself, I swore I put that here. Why is it? And she does not know why it continues to follow me out the sink, and I, I plan on never telling her. <laughs> what are you doing for your mom for Mother's Day? Can I can I suggest that you do something nice for her for Mother's Day? So I bought her a life-size Captain America shield. We're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, your mom sounds awesome. What? She was pretty excited, so dish rag evens out. <laughs> I suppose some people may call it an idiosyncrasy, mm. right? I wonder how it comes about that some of these things are more important to me, but not to others that I live with, <coughs> Piper and Ben. The fact of the matter is you're just going to have different priorities from the people you share a living space with. My husband and I kind of have this silent, important war. We mm. go back and forth, but we don't say anything to each other about it. And we know it annoys each other. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Jen, mine is the toilet paper thing. Okay. But for my husband, it's the egg thing where you crack an egg and you put it back in the carton. Oh! Does he not, does he not like that? Oh, he hates it. <laughs> so you put the egg shell back in the carton? I do. And he doesn't? No. So who undoes what? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I take care of the toilet paper roll and you can he can hear me in the bathroom just saying, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and then... He'll be like cooking breakfast and he'll open up the cake, the egg carton, and then I'll hear him say, seriously. <laughs> so it's just one of those chuckle things back and forth that, you know, keep things lively between us. And I just, I, we love it. Just keeps it lively. I like that. 26 years later. Yay! There you go. Good job. Congratulations. <laughs> These things are really important to you. <laughs> They're not so important to everybody else in your life. And maybe they don't understand, but we want to. So, you know, if there's something that was important to you or maybe someone else and nobody else really got it, love hearing those stories. We were missionaries. We moved back to Iowa, so we were kind of in a transition period. So we lived with my in-laws for, you know, several months. And at the time we had four kids. So, of course, you know, I would cook meals for all my family and stuff. And I even cooked meals for them for letting us stay. So then I would load the dishwasher. And so for breakfast, I'd load the dishwasher. And then we would have lunch. And I'd come back to load, you know, our lunch place. And I'm like, this looks different. What is happening? And I was pregnant with our fifth at time. So I thought maybe it's just my pregnancy brain or whatever. Uh But it just kept happening. And I was like, what is going on? And finally, I said to my husband, I think I'm going crazy. And he was like, why? And I said, because the dishwasher keeps changing every time I load it. It's weird. He was like, oh, don't load the dishwasher. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, my mom wants it loaded specifically in certain ways. So we just don't load the dishwasher. We just (laughs) put the dishes on the counter. She doesn't care when she walks into the kitchen and sees all these dishes on the counter waiting to go in. She prefers it. That's amazing. I'm happy to help not do the dishes. I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) Maybe you were scrolling through social media like I was when you saw the news Mm. and it just kind of hit you like a gut punch. It's kind of what it did for me. And to be perfectly honest, the first thing that went through my mind when I realized what had happened in Uvalde was, I can't feel this right now. Mm. Like, I I don't have the emotional bandwidth. I've got my own heartbreaks and my own stressors and my own things going on that to add this to my emotional backpack is just going to be too much. The world is very heavy. 
We live in a time right now, we have access to so much information, which means I can find a hundred thousand personal heartbreaks with the stroke of a keyboard and a click of a mouse. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot to carry. And the Bible does call us to mourn with those who mourn. Um, now, it does also say that we don't mourn like those who have no hope. And I think one of the reasons why is because our shoulders were not made to bear the misery of the world. There's a verse in the Psalms that has just stuck with me really since kind of everything started going down in 2020. It says, you've kept track of my misery. Mm-hmm. You store my tears in a bottle. Really? Really, Lord, do you know every single one of my tears, every single one of our tears? Because that's a lot. I, and that that's a comfort to me because what it tells me is that, you know what, next week I'm going to have a brand new set of headlines, a brand new set of worries. And this, if I'm not careful, is going to fade into the background. Right. But our pain doesn't fade into God's background. It's, it's like he's almost got this cosmic spreadsheet mm-hmm. that he weeps over. He knows our pain. He knows each and every one. He stores our tears in a bottle, which tells me he's paying attention to each one of them. Mm-hmm. And even though he knows the beautiful future that's coming, they're meaningful to him. Like yeah. you don't store something in a bottle if you say it doesn't matter. Right. Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he still wept because his friends hurt. So I don't know where your heart is right now, what your capacity to mourn is right now, but I'll tell you this. We have a God who can handle all the pain of the world. In fact, he took it on himself and he promises to set it all right someday. It was a typical Saturday morning at your local Aldi grocery store (laughs) and I took my bags. I went in the store, you know, I got all the way done with my shopping and I started checking out. And I reached into my purse for my wallet. No wallet. Oh, no. No wallet. I start rummaging around. And then I pick up my purse and I realize the heft of my wallet is not there. (laughs) I've had stress dreams where this happens. I have never, ever, ever done this before in my life. But I did it there. And it was a day where I hadn't been grocery shopping for a couple of weeks. And so I had so much stuff in that cart. And I'm like, I can't find my wallet. And I must have looked completely panicked because the very nice lady said, it's all right. It's all right. We're going to just suspend the sale. We'll push this over to the side. Can you go get it? And I said, sure, (laughs) except I didn't know where it was. Oh, no. I called my daughter at home. She started looking around. She couldn't find it. I'm on the phone with her. I'm rummaging through my car. I can't find it in my car. My daughter can't find it at my house. And I'm just seriously panicking, sweating, praying. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, why don't you just stop and take a breath, Jen? So I sit down in the front seat of my car and I take a deep breath. And there's this little thought in the back of my head. You should know where your wallet is. (laughs) And I retrace the last night's steps in my head. I reach over. I pop open the glove box. And there's my wallet. (laughs) in the glove box the whole time. Well, the night before I had gone walking for a friend and I thought it would be safe. It was so safe even you couldn't find it. Oh my goodness! Oh, it was all so dramatic. In fact, it was so dramatic I texted Taylor almost immediately after it happened and I said remind me to tell you about my dramatic trip to Aldi where I got all the way through the checkout line Mm. and realized 
I had no wallet. So if you've had some juicy <laughs> grocery store drama, we want to hear about it. I don't have any one specific grocery store drama, but I like to tell people that if I had a nickel for every time that I have misplaced something and needed it at the grocery store or out in public, I wouldn't lose my wallet because it would be so heavy, it would just be attached to me, surgically. <laughs> Story of my life. Have you actually forgotten your wallet, gotten to the grocery store, and realized that you don't have it? I have. And I live about 15 miles out of town in the oh. middle of nowhere. And so when that happens, you're just like, I'm so sorry. I hope I'll be back today. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen between there and home. You know, I used to love the grocery store. (laughs) Now I'm scarred forever because of the drama that happened on Saturday morning when I got all of my stuff done and then I didn't have my wallet. So we want to make Jen feel better by telling your grocery store drama tales. My mom and one of my older sisters was at the grocery store and they had been unpacking some groceries, you know, the staff there. And so there were empty boxes in the aisle. And my mom was backing up to see something on the top shelf and oh, fell no. into a big box. Oh, no. So all you could see was her feet oh, no. and her hands. And they were laughing so hard <laughs> that they couldn't get my mom out of the box. Oh, no. oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a family story that's been told through the generations oh, um, of our family. And it's awesome. So I had to share. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly has some grocery store drama to tell us about. We moved to Texas and everybody said, okay, you know, there might be different snakes in Texas. There's scorpions that are just kind of like, you know, daddy long legs there that like you might see one in your cupboard. So you ah, don't want to ever reach yeah. in. You wanna, no. They said, you want to make sure you look before you reach. And so I was Great. very well prepared. Great. So I went to the grocery store for the first time, and when dixie as far as I knew, was like a dog and a book. <laughs> but it was not. It's a grocery store. So I got in the grocery store, and I had a cartload of stuff, and I saw a spider the size of my palm no! running down the aisle. Oh, my goodness. It was running down the aisle. And, you know, honestly, you're thinking in your head, Kelly, did it get a little bigger over the years? No. no. It was that big. <laughs> I left my cart, and honestly, I haven't been back to Winn-Dixie, but I'm sure it's fine. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You just left your cart there. Yeah, you would have, too. I mean, the spider could have picked my cart up and took it with him. It was not exactly what you would have expected from a commencement speech, but... Last weekend, my son graduated from Des Moines Christian, and uh, the commencement speaker was a beloved teacher on the faculty there that the senior class chose to speak. And he said, well, you know, because you guys have spent the entire year wishing that I would keep class time short. He says, I'm going to keep this commencement speech short by talking about the three shortest verses of the Bible. Okay, (laughs) nice. But then what followed was something that was extremely poignant. Um, One of the three shortest verses in the Bible is pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you do that? You've probably heard it. Well, remain in the attitude of prayer without ceasing. But what does that actually mean? Exactly. So what what, uh, their speaker said was, think about it like this. My brother and I are very close, but really... 
because he lives a few states away, as a general rule, we speak maybe a couple times a week, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes a couple times a month. He says, because of life. But when my brother and I get together like we do every summer and we go on our annual fishing trip, we talk constantly mm. because he's right there. And he said, so when I look at this verse, pray without ceasing, I think about it this way. Keep Jesus very close to you so that whenever you need to want to have to talk to him, you are having that constant relationship with him. You can constantly talk, stay close to God and you can pray without ceasing. It's not where I was used to seeing it. What? And you know how that is? Like, it's it's out of context. It's like, okay, this does not belong here. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other? Yeah. What? what, what? We, we went to visit some friends over the weekend. Okay, and as nice. we're sitting and chatting in the, the kitchen, I look down and there is a row of magnets on the very bottom of the refrigerator. That's weird. The very bottom of that freezer drawer, they're all just like lined up there at the bottom. Well, that's not where magnets go. You have to use them to hang all the pictures and scraps of paper and cards and everything else on the top of the fridge. They're not like holding up the electrical bill that needs to be paid and the wedding announcement and all that kind of stuff. They're just they're just lined across the bottom. Why? So we're like, okay, what what's going on here? (laughs) And uh, my friend Ashley goes, well, when Alex goes on vacations. He will get a souvenir magnet, and it's for our dog. For their dog? He'll go on some sort of work trip, and if he's in Arizona, he gets an Arizona magnet, and he puts it at the very bottom of the refrigerator, because they have this tiny Yorkie. I mean, this thing's probably weighs like two pounds, and so it's right at eye level for the dog. So when the dog comes through, she can see all of the magnets that Alex has bought for her. You really think the dog cares? I don't think the dog even knows. Taylor, do you really think that your friend's dog cares about those magnets that he puts on the refrigerator for her? I don't think the dog even knows they're there. I'm saying, but I think it's funny that your friend creatively pampers her that way. Please don't say that the dog doesn't care about the magnets. Oh, okay. Because I leave my radio on during the day to your station for my son's dog that lives with me. I'm doing it because I don't want him to be lonely so he gets to listen to you guys. So don't say the dog doesn't care about the magnets because hopefully he cares about the magnets and dogs care about the radio station you listen to. Well, (laughs) we have it on good authority that dog's favorite radio station is Life 107.1 and in particular, Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I just know that Parker... My son's dog loves your station, and it is on all day because I don't want him to be alone. How do you know so, Parker loves the station? Um, he never howls like he's <laughs> mad at it, so it's okay. got to like it. <laughs> he doesn't bark like shut it off. No, he doesn't do that. He's... So ergo, he must love it. I'm going to believe that anyway. I'm going to believe that. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a loved one. But they look at you and they say, um, <laughs> why do you do that? Because you have found a creative way to pamper your pet. Do you do that, Brenda? I do my beta fish. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm excited for this. So I talk to him. Okay. So he's yellow and red. So we were thinking of creative names and we named him Mango Salsa, but I call him Mango. You have a beta fish named Mango Salsa. Yes. And I go right up to his tank and I put my finger on his tank and he comes up to my finger 
and it's, I'm sure it's to feed him, but to me, you know, he's greeting me as yeah. well. What kinds of things do you talk about? What do you say to him? I just say, hi, buddy. How was your day? Are you hungry? And I'm rubbing my finger on yeah. the tank, and he, he literally comes up to my finger, and I think, you know, he's saying, Hello, mommy. Hello. <laughs> I know. Crazy. You're I know. not crazy. Like That's crazy. not crazy. You're not crazy. That's adorable. You know, yeah. I don't have dogs. I don't have cats. So I chose to get a fish because I love fish and I love betas. So. Mango salsa is lucky to have you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> I walked into my slightly chaotic office and immediately I knew something was off. Mm. Something was wrong. And then I saw... My drawer was wide open. Whoa. It was pulled all the way out. And it wasn't just any drawer, Taylor. It was my chocolate drawer. Your chocolate drawer. Was, was the chocolate still in there? No. For Mother's Day, one of the gifts that my son got me was a big old bar of Toblerone chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yum. And I had just the day before shared a little bit with you uh-huh. and shared a little bit with Mariah just to pat myself on the it's back. Very kind of you. I'm a you. sharer. I shared. And then I put it back in the drawer, shut the drawer, went about my day. The next morning I come back, the drawer is open and the chocolate is gone. Mm. So I think to myself, maybe Mariah had a chocolate attack. Mm. Maybe she just needed some chocolate. And she just went into your drawer and stole your Toblerone. So later on when Mariah came in, I was like, hey, did you take the chocolate out of my drawer? And she was like, <gasps> no. <laughs> do that i would text you first yeah she said yeah and so i was like oh well i'm not accusing you i was just asking so then i got a little bit concerned because i thought taylor's gone bruce is gone sarah didn't take it i haven't talked to luann mariah didn't take it what happened to this chocolate did i eat it in my sleep i didn't know i walked into my office once again I opened another drawer to get a pen. <laughs> you just put it in a different drawer, Jen? And there was my Toblerone bar. <laughs> you did all that because you put your chocolate in the wrong drawer. So you know what I did to remedy the situation? Ate the chocolate? Ate the rest of the chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> you know me well. My emergency chocolate was lost. I asked Mariah if she took it. I asked Sarah if she took it. I would have blamed Taylor, but he wasn't in the office. And then I realized it wasn't lost. It was in another drawer. Mackenzie, did you lose something that wasn't actually lost? My husband and I had just gotten married and I had lost my glasses. You know, the problem when you have glasses is that you can't see your own glasses. Yeah, when you're looking for I've them. been there. Yes. So I said, hey, do you see my glasses? He said, no. And we were looking all around and we were looking in the bedroom all around the apartment so far as to go outside in the car and look. We were just exhausted from looking around. And we pass each other in the hallway, and he looks at me and stops, rolls his eyes. No. And sits down, and I said, what? He says, look on your head. And I said, no. He was looking for them, too, and they were on your head. We were both looking for them, and they were on my head. Shows you how often he was really looking at you. Yeah. We are like, hey, honey, what color are my eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I like to say that it happens when I'm tired or I'm mm-hmm. busy or I'm distracted. But the fact is, this happens to us all the time. We lose things that aren't really lost. My boyfriend does that all the time. Okay. Naturally. And he likes to blame me for said lost items. Oh. And it coincidentally is never me. <laughs> he thought I stole his binoculars for some reason wow. and hid them. 
And he was like, hey, I'm going to find my binoculars. Where are my binoculars? And I was like, well, what am I going to do with them? Like, why would I have them? And so I was like, well, last time I saw them was a very long time ago, and they were in the center console of your pickup truck. Did you look there? Yes, I've looked completely through everything. I can't find it. Mm-hmm. I waited a couple days, and I was like, hey, did you ever find your binoculars? He was like, yeah, they were in the center console of my pickup truck. I was like, oh, okay. Just <laughs> checking. It's funny how often when you lose something that isn't lost, the first thing out of your mouth is blame. <laughs> because What? No. I would never do that. <laughs> that's what happened to me. I got home from work one day and I couldn't find my garage door opener. Oh, no. Which is important because our garage doesn't have the outdoor keypads. Like the only way is with the separate. Because it's detached. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I, I probably left it in my office on the desk for some reason. And mm. so I call back to the office and Sarah, who you hear if you call Life 107.1 answers. And I say, hey, Sarah, can you check my desk? I, I think I left my garage door opener there. And she says, OK. Phone goes quiet for a little bit. And she comes back. And she's like, yeah, I'm not seeing it. And in my head, I'm like, she probably didn't look really hard. <laughs> like she, she probably I know it's there. She probably just kind of looked and was like, ah, it's not there. He'll get over it. And so I was like, you know what? It'll be fine. I'll come back in. I'll find it really easily like Sarah couldn't. (laughs) And so I went inside. I went about my day, went to bed. The next morning, I get up and go out to my car. And my garage door opener was just in the driver's seat. (laughs) I had been sitting on it as I called Sarah asking to look for it on my desk. So my wife and I have a brand new puppy. And he's reminding me of the book of James, actually. What? It's because I'm very spiritual. How does a puppy remind you okay, of the book okay. of James? Let me let me explain. Because okay. right now, we have so much joy over this puppy. Okay. But it's not really because of how he is right now. Because if you've had a puppy, you know you're waking up two or three times in the middle of the night to let him go outside. Mm-hmm. You are constantly trying to keep them from biting all the things that they're not supposed to. <laughs> They've got the little sharp puppy teeth, so whenever they, whenever they do bite you, it hurts a whole lot. So there are, although he's super cute, there's a certain amount of trial to having a puppy. And I realized if he was only in this puppy stage, I probably wouldn't have joy. Because the joy I have about this puppy is knowing what he's going to become. Yeah. Because I've had enough good dogs in my life to know how wonderful it is to have something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So you have something that you know you get to look forward to. And that got me thinking about this passage in the book of James, which has always been a mind-boggling verse to me, where he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Yeah, yeah, that is a kind of a crazy verse. And he goes on to explain that those trials end up making us more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, you know what, when I face trials, the joy that I feel isn't because I lost a job, can't get pregnant, losing people in my family. There are flashes of joy where you see friends come alongside and support you. But if all of life was just trials, that wouldn't be joy. No. The joy is because of the promise that I've seen in the Bible and I see in God's word that there is a beautiful future that he's going to make out of that pain. So just like I can trust that our little crazy echo is going to turn into a great dog, I can trust that my trials are going to turn me closer to a good God. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.